Welcome to Let's Talk About Life, a weekly podcast brought to you by LifeBank, the organ, eye, and tissue recovery agency in Northeast Ohio. Donation can be a complicated subject, but when it is broken down, it is really all about life. So spend a few minutes as we unravel the complexities of donation. So come on, let's talk about life. Fred Dunlap was living a great life. He and his wife, Barbara, were happily married. He enjoyed his job, traveling, and spending time with family and friends. But after Fred suffered a major heart attack, his life really changed forever. Fred was in heart failure. After a long journey of medications, treatments, and procedures, Fred required a left ventricle assist device, or known as LVAD, to be placed in his chest to keep his heart working. The mechanical device was a bridge for four long years, keeping him alive until a donor heart became available for transplant. Although obviously Fred was grateful to have this device, it affected his life greatly. He could no longer work, he had very little energy, and his daily activities were limited at best. Hi, you're listening to episode 65 of Let's Talk About Life. I'm your host, Colleen Gerber, kidney recipient and LifeBank staff member. After waiting so long for a transplant, Brad became discouraged and decided to look into being listed at transplant centers outside of Ohio. One of those centers was in Texas. And although they had his medical information, he and Barbara made the trip down to Texas so that Fred could be worked up for transplant there. The day before all his appointments, he and Barbara were getting ready to go to lunch when they received the most amazing call. A donor heart that matched Fred was available. Fred, that must have been an amazing and exciting time for you and Barbara. How did you feel when you guys got that call? Well, I was shocked, caught off guard, and you know, a lot of things run through your mind. I waited so long to get this kind of information. And I went all through all the years and the ups and downs and but I asked the gentleman, like, are you serious? Is this a crank call? Mr. Dunlop, oh, we need you port at the hospital within an hour. And I said, oh, okay. Uh, actually, I didn't have nothing to say. Just like speechless at the time. All this stuff was going through my my mind. Uh, I told my wife, we need to report to the hospital within an hour. I got a heart. And then she looked at me like, you know, go and get out of here. You know, thought I was, I was playing with her. I said, no. And we have to report to the hospital. So, I was just amazed, but I was happy. I agree. I think you, I mean, you've run through the scenario 500 times in your mind, but yet, you know, when it actually happens, it's a different story. It's just the flood of emotions. Yes, it is. Did you and Barbara stop and think about the donor family and where the heart was coming from, the person? Yes. Actually, after I got the phone call and and went to the hospital and, you know, nothing happened right away. So it stood a while and that range of emotion went through my mind. Like, I'm getting this heart. Someone passed on for me to actually get this heart. You're happy to get the heart, but you're sad 
because the way you're getting it. So what I have to do once I get this organ, I got to do the very best about his organ for this individual who made this life giving gift for me. It's just with you. Even today, I still think about it. But you talk to the, the medical personnel, they, they tell you the person is going to pass on anyway. And just think about what they've done for you, the great gift they have given you. That's why I kind of set things apart. I have to do the best I can about this great gift that I received. So that's the way I look at it. But you still, it still gets to you. That's a wonderful way to look at it, that you cherish the gift and you take care of it as well as possible. Yeah. Fred, I know that your post-transplant journey has not been easy for you. Uh, I think people feel that you get a transplant and you go skipping along in life, but there's a lot of challenges for transplant recipient. Do you want to share some of your challenges that you've had since your heart transplant? Sure. I had my transplant in March of 2015. And you got to go through your rehab, your medications, and get yourself back on your feet. And then life hits you again, you know. It just because you fix one thing, other things still happen to you. And so during my journey after the heart transplant, I end up with some circulation problems with my leg vascular problems, basically. And I like to walk. In the neighborhood I live in, I can walk. It was good exercise, but I was having problems with pain in my calves and my ankles. And it just got worse and worse over the weeks. And so I ended up going to the doctor and what we found, found out was I was building plaque up in my veins and arteries. And we had some procedures tried to clear those pathways but uh, it wasn't successful. And so eventually the um, vascular surgeon said, you might end up having to amputate uh, my left leg. And it came to pass. I ended up losing his leg you know, in 20, like late 2018. And again, you got to go through your rehab. Uh, the surgery was just painful and learn how to walk with a prosthetic. And uh, and by being a left leg, I still could drive my vehicle and I still get around and uh, I could walk with a cane. And then actually, then we came to the right leg. It was going through the same process and the same problems and I ended up losing that leg. Um, when I lost the, the right leg, that really took me for a loop. It really did because it thinned me in a way that now I can't drive. Now it's even harder for me to get around because with your W amputees, like walking on stilts. So it, it took me a while to get over that. And I'm, well, I'm a religious man. I'm thinking, now, God, why me? Now you give me a heart. Now you you take one leg. Okay, I get, I get through this and my mind is recovered. Now you take my second leg. What did I do in life to deserve this, you know? How do I recover from this? And you recover by being hopeful, being prayed up, and keep your eye on the prize. 
the prize for me is to walk, to get around. And by me being a disabled veteran, and the very best help I could get is to see other veterans going through the same thing. One of them been through it for years and years, and they're walking, and they're striving, and they're living. And that gave me hope, hope to uh, get back on my feet. And the um, the physical uh, exercise program, the VA is bar none. And I don't care if you one amputee or double amputee to get you back on your feet. And they, get, they got me back on my feet. Now I can drive with a freshly uh, equipped vehicle with, uh, without the use of my legs. But life is getting better again. So I'm real hopeful down the line. I'm, look, I'm looking in the future. It looks bright. It looks bright. Well, we're excited to hear that. Fred, for years now, you've been a great volunteer for Life Bank, and we appreciate all you have done for us. But we're looking again, like you, for the future to get back out there now that the pandemic restrictions have been lifted. Why do you think it's important to be in the community and share a message of donation? The reason why I do this is, first of all, I'm I'm an African-American. We have a lot of people who are waiting for organs in the United States are minorities. And they they have their skepticism about surgeries and medicine and, and all that. And so I do this to talk with them to help my community, my people. Buy me a bit of amputee. When I'm out and about, people come up and talk with me. They come talk to me about, you know, how you get along. But also that gives me a chance to let them know that I'm a heart recipient. I'm, I'm being, I had been transplanted, and also they give me a, a form to talk to them about being a, a registered donor. And that's what I do this for, to just to help. That's a great message. What would you say about LifeBank in general? You've interacted with us for a while now. What, what do you think? LifeBank is a great organization because it helps people. It informs people of things that might happen to you in the future or you or a family member. When I found out I had to have a heart transplant, I didn't know anything about life bank. But once I got the transplant and I was I was sitting at home one day, I'm like, now, what do I do now? The God put me here for something else and I still don't know how I got in contact with Life Bank. But once I did I found out what, what you all do. It was such a great thing that I want to come volunteer. And by me volunteering and going to different places and talking to so many different people, and not being a volunteer, I'm thinking I'm helping you all, but you're helping me. You're helping my life also. It gets me to different communities, neighborhoods, talking to different people, ethnicities, and life brings It does so much. So I, I just like life brain because it's such a big help to the community, the people, and it helps the loved ones who are who are passed on. It helps with the like the recipients, the donors, and we all can we all can enjoy each other and listen to each other's life stories. It's just such a great thing, and in all the events that I've been through, it's such a enlightening experience that you know, I, and I kind of hate that. I'm not as mobile as I used to be, but I'm getting more mobile and I want to get back at it. Well, we appreciate that. And 
We're getting more mobile too. I think as things open up, we'll be back out in the community and, and need volunteers, great volunteers like you to help us with spreading the news and spreading the importance of our mission and encouraging people to become registered organ and tissue donors. Fred, before we leave, is there anything else you want to say to our listeners? Yes, I would like everyone to know that sometimes, you know, you, you go through life and you don't think about different things unless something happens to you or a loved one. But to me, it's not a very hard thing to do to actually become a registered organ identity donor to help people. Because we have a lot of people who are waiting for organs that chance I will never get one because we don't have enough registered donors. And all I ask that is think about becoming an organ aisle tissue donor because you can help someone. You can change the life of someone. You can help the families of someone. And you can help so many people. Yeah, just give it a thought. Fred, thank you. Oh, what a wonderful message. I couldn't say it better myself. We hope you found today's episode inspiring and informative. Let's Talk About Life can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Spotify, and other podcast providers. And of course, always on lifebank.org slash resources. We encourage you to subscribe And we invite you back next week. And come on, let's talk about life. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk About Life. If you have questions about today's podcast, reach out to us at info at lifebank.org. Take a few minutes to do something heroic and register to be an organ donor by saying yes at lifebank.org. Literally, someone's life is dependent on